Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. Hello, Kevin. Are you ready for another exciting episode? I am ready and excited. And today we're going to take more of a coaching aspect to Sobriety Elevated. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan to me. I was thinking, and I have some, whether you call them keys or whether you call them principles, but today we're going to talk about four keys or four principles to a strong recovery. And one of the things I will say, I'm just going to list them out here real quick. If any of these four are weak with you, chances are your recovery is weak. And if you're struggling in any one of these, in the struggle lies your next lesson that by getting that lesson, you will strengthen your recovery. So the four things that we are going to talk about today are number one, accepting your past. Number two, choosing how you want to feel right now. The third thing is finding or creating joy daily in anything you do. And the fourth thing that we're going to talk about is that recovery lives in community. So we're going to start out with the first one. And Kevin, when I say accept your past, what is the first thing that you think of, especially in terms of creating a strong recovery? For me, I think it's just, it's really just realizing you can't change the past and what's happened. Accepting that it's done and it's over with. You don't have to live there. Acceptance doesn't mean that you're happy or excited about what happened in the past, but accepting it and knowing that there's nothing you can do about then and you have to focus on the now. And as long as you focus on the now, you can create a strong recovery. And I'm going to add to what you say, because I think that misery lives in the thinking that people have about changing the past right now. One of the things I can tell you about the past is that you need to accept the unchangeable. And everything that happens just before this moment into the past is not changeable except for how you process it in your mind, see it, and let it go. I can often think that every now and then I know that I'm in a questionable space when I think back to those two or three key things and it's like, what if I had not done that? There was a time, I want to share a quick story here, right? There was a time that I had some business partners and I was, we were just buying houses and we were putting people in them and then they're doing these lease to owns. And literally in 2007, when the economy collapsed, my business partner drained the bank accounts and left me since my name was on the title with four homes, one of which was better than a third of a million dollar home that the people moved out of. 
I often sit there and I will think about the day because it was like driving up to sign all the paperwork. My, I wasn't following my intuition. I knew that this may, wasn't like it was just too big of a house. I finally got to the point that I realized that by me commiserating over going in and signing that paperwork, I was just living the misery. I accepted that it happened because I can't do anything to change it now. I can find peace in it. Now, that's most likely a pretty benign example if you're in recovery and your addiction actually created a lot of havoc in life. But the purpose of this podcast is not to trigger you. The purpose of this podcast is to have you learn such that you can grow. And as you grow, you strengthen your recovery. Kevin, can you think about your past? Are there things that have kind of been there that want to come up, but you've actually accepted them? For me, a lot of it is, you know, the financial implications of the past. You know, I was a gambler and so I gambled away a lot of money. So there's times whenever if money gets tight or if there's something I wish that I could do or I, I look at something, I think, man, I wish I had that money that I had blown, whether it was on drugs, alcohol or gambling. I, it's funny. I was just talking to uh, one of a guy that works with me, my operations manager at my company today. And, you know, it's we're we have to realize that we're exactly where we need to be and where we're supposed to be right now. And everything that happened in the past, all the money, all the lessons have put me in this spot right now. So again, it still sucks that I did all that. I'm not like excited that all of those things that I lost all this money or I made all these hurt, hurt all these people. It's done. So now all I can do is control right now, which I, I think is a, a really a good transition into uh, key number two. It, it really is, is where you right? Said, you know, yeah. Yeah. We choose how we want to feel right now. Right. And, and we make a choice. And and once you choose how you feel, be that happy, be that peaceful, be that empowered, be that striving. Once you choose that, commit to your choice. And once you've committed to your choice, align your thoughts, your words, and your deeds to the choice. And I promise you that choice will empower your life and will empower your recovery. Yeah. When I first started working with you, Jim, as a coach, you know, not that long ago where I thought this sounded a little bit new agey for me, you know, like if I'm going to choose peace, I need to like think peaceful things and, and protect my peace and things like that. It sounded a little out there for me, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but, it, but it works for me. A big thing is, is a guy that's a pretty high, strong, high anxiety guy. When I choose peace, I make sure that I surround myself with things that are going to cause peace and not things that are going to cause anxiety. And if, if people around me have different energy than I want or whatever, um, I just don't go around them. And I don't go into places that are going to cause me a lot of problems and things like that. It's, it's a choice. And I choose today, I want to be peaceful. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to make whatever I do, each little decision I make, it's going to have to, it, it pushes me towards peace and not towards anything else. Well, and the other thing that I'm going to say, and you're right, it does sound a little new agey and people have to get over that. The other thing is that when you actually do choose peace, it's almost like the universe tests you by throwing chaos at you. And when they throw chaos at you, you get to learn because it's okay to choose peace, yet be in a space of chaos and still be peaceful through the chaos. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because that's where the choice comes in because we can choose to, to 
accept the chaos and be crazy, or we can choose peace. Yeah. And it's a, it's a choice. And just like any choice, it's like, you have to consciously make it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that just is going to happen. You have to consciously make it and take action to, to, to live out that choice. And as you saw through some of the coaching, sometimes it takes weeks, if not months for that choice to stick. But the powerful thing about having a coach is that as you bring the chaos here, we literally process it through and we find the peace through the chaos because finding whatever state that you choose to feel right now, I mean, and I don't know if you remember oftentimes when I'm first coaching people, I'll have them get a little three by five card and I'll put these, have them write that choice down so that at any time in the day, if things tend to get chaotic, if the anxiety arises, if stress arises, you literally pull that card out, you see peace, you see empowered. And for a moment, it takes you back to the moment you created it. And yes, the chaos and the stress and the anxiety might still be there, but you're being proactive with your thinking. And as you are proactive with your thinking, what arises is your commitment to your choice and your state of being. And having it before you like that constantly and remembering it, it it just, that's where your energy is going to go is to find peace. And if you find it, you know, it's like anything. If you're going to be positive about something and you look for the positive things, you're going to notice them. If you're looking for negative things, you're going to notice it. So if I'm thinking about peace and talking about peace, I'm going to find things that are going to give me peace. I'm going to notice the birds chirping or my daughter giving me a hug or just looking at me and smiling, whatever it is, I'm going to notice that where if I'm focused on the chaos and the craziness, I'm only going to notice those things. Right. And your daughter's smiling at you. You can't even see that because that's not your focus. Choosing how you feel right now will actually create the space that you get to proactively be in the world instead of reactively being in the world. Because anytime you are reactive in your world, you are slipping away from peace and you are slipping away from a strong recovery and you're literally closer to relapse. Yeah, I look at proactive, being proactive as like being in, in charge of your life and being in charge of your day. So I talk a lot with my other business associates and employees and stuff about being proactive versus reactive. I think as soon as we get reactive, we're in trouble, like you said. So yeah. it's owning it right away, knowing that, okay, today I'm choosing peace and I'm going to be proactive about being peaceful and, and finding ways, whether it's peace, whatever it is, happiness, joy, like we said, being very proactive towards that. And I think uh, as soon as you, you do that, you'll notice how your day changes. Which is going to lead us right into the third point again, which is literally finding joy or finding peace or finding a, an empowering state of being daily in whatever you're doing. Now, this may sound a little airy-fairy, right? This may sound a little wooey-wooey. But it's, again, it gets back to your perspective because from how I see this is that your life exists right now based upon the experiences you choose to create in this moment. That is what is going to allow you to create and keep 
a powerful context in your life because our yeah, life like, is only existing now. Oop, go ahead. Go ahead. I like how it says find joy or find peace because sometimes we have to look for it. I know that in, in my day, there's a lot of times whenever it's maybe bad or there's some negative things happening and I have to find the joy in it and find the, the excitement. It's kind of really cheesy, but you know, people are like, I have to work today. And you hear people know you get to go to work today or you get to do this. Well, it really is a mindset where if you're, you're finding the joy in the day and in what you're doing every single day, it's so empowering. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like going to recovery meetings for me, there's times when I'm like, oh, I have to go to this meeting. But if I can find the joy and find the good in doing it, and I, I have that mindset of finding joy in everything that I'm doing, it's going to be so much more valuable and, and uh, beneficial to me when I have that attitude and I'm looking for the joy. And when you do that, you become the beacon of light that other people want. If you take a look at our mind, oftentimes it is so easy for us to fall into a negative mindset. And one of the things about the moment we fall into a negative mindset, we spiral down. Now I'm going to say the opposite is true. If you find a positive mindset and you make sure that positive mindset is at the forefront of your being, you will literally spin yourself up. And as you do that, people around you, they're going to want what you have. They're going to want that strong recovery. They're going to want that peace. They're going to want that joy. And then it literally ripples out into your world. You are positively impacting another, and then they are positively impacting. And then it just keeps going on and on and on. When I look at all the people that I look up to, or I want to spend a lot of time with, it seems to always be people that are finding joy or finding positivity in every situation. And it's magnetic, really. It draws people in. Like I think of the influential people in my life and who I just really want to listen to and sit down and talk to. It's because they have like a positive energy behind them. And when they're there and they have that positive energy, it energizes me, like you were just saying. And it gets me excited. It gets me looking at all these good things. Whenever I talk to people about their recovery, you can kind of tell the people that are like dialed in and the people that maybe aren't so dialed in. And I love talking to somebody that's just so excited and talking about how their life's been restored and how different things are and how much better it is and just how awesome things are. Even though they have issues, you can just like sense it when they talk about it. And I want to be around them more. I want to listen to them more. I want to be a part of whatever they're doing. It just draws me in. I love what you said there. I just, it's like you just nailed it. One of the things about people, whether you are in recovery, whether you are supporting somebody in recovery, whether you know somebody in recovery, you have issues. We all have issues. And yet we can still find joy daily and sometimes even in the moment in spite of our issues. And I promise you from a space of joy, from a space of peace, from an empowered space, you will be able to deal with your issues in a far different light than you will from your darkness. And this leads us to the fourth one. And it's, you kind of, we've, in the last two, we've kind of like touched on this. Recovery lives in community. One of the things that I know in my coaching is that if one of my clients who's in recovery is like, I just need some time alone, you know, I'm okay, but I just want to go away for the weekend. That's like yellow alert, yellow alert, yellow alert. Your 
addiction lives in the isolation. You may go out to bars, but I would say that bars are one of the loneliest places in the earth. It's literally there you are cozied up to your drug of choice, attempting to be social, and it doesn't work. Recovery lives in community. As you go to your meetings, as you do some of these other things, we cannot be in our misery when we are in a community of sober people. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've heard it said that the opposite of addiction is connection. And I really like that. And I feel like for me personally, the key, one of the biggest keys, if not the biggest key is the community that I've surrounded myself with. And there's the recovery community, but I also have people that are around me that maybe aren't in recovery. They're not addicts. They're not alcoholics, but they're just part of my community that I can connect with and talk to. My recovery is so much stronger because I'm involved in these different communities. I love recovery. The, the reason why I love the recovery community is because it's all of these broken people with similar problems and, and issues, and we all can kind of be ourselves and be together. I think that's something that was missing when we were active in addiction. Like you said, I remember when I first started drinking, I would go to the crowded bar, hang out with everybody. And then like every year as it progressed, and all of a sudden I was in the basement corner of the bar by myself depressed, lonely, just didn't want to be around anybody. It's like the opposite happened whenever I got into recovery. Um, only this time it started with a smaller group and now it's grown and grown and grown and grown. And now my community is bigger and bigger. Like you said, we can be authentic with each other. If I'm having a bad day, I can say, you know, I'm in a good space, but today sucked. And you're just like, yeah, I got it. I've had days like that. Nothing gets yeah, we, glossed over. Well, go ahead. <laughs> but he, uh, one of the counselors in, uh, in my rehab used to say, you know, we're just here to hold the space for each other. And I thought, oh my God, this sounds so ridiculous. But what I found is the recovery community, just like you said, we'll just like hold the space for each other. Meaning like, they can say whatever. And we're like, yeah, okay. All right. I, I hear you. I'm good mm -hmm. with you. We don't have to give advice. We don't have to tell them, oh my gosh, you're wrong or this or that. We're just kind of there for each other. And we support each other. I mean, the accountability is cool. It's way deeper than just accountability. It's like a, it's a bond and a friendship, a community, really. That's the, probably the best word for it. It's a beautiful community. It's an incredible community. And I will say one of the things, and if you haven't taken notes, I would go back to this episode and I would write these four keys down. I would literally create the distinctions for yourself in your life for each one of these four. If you are not being strong in each one of them, and I'm going to repeat them here. The first one is accepting your past. If you have not accepted your past, your recovery is going to struggle. The second one is choosing how you want to feel right now, because the only time that matters is right now. The third is getting a practice of finding joy daily in whatever you're doing or finding peace or finding empowerment in whatever you're doing. And the fourth is just remembering recovery lives in community. You've been listening to Sobriety Elevated. We are here for you. If you like what you hear, write us a little review. Give us a five-star rating. Share this podcast with some of your friends. We are committed to keeping this not only ad-free, but content-rich 
such that your recovery is empowered and your sobriety is so blessedly strong. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jim Pakonin and I'm here with Kevin Thole and we will talk to you guys soon. Create a great one.